Hello and welcome to Move the Line presented by PropSwap. Head over to PropSwap.com or download free app today. Enter our promo code 444. When you make your first deposit, PropSwap will match it up to $500. I am Ryan Noonan, joined here as always by Connor Allen. Connor, it is playoff time. Time to get our hands in the dirt. We don't have to worry about 16 games. We just got six on the slate to unpack. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing well. It's it's always an exciting time to be in the playoffs because, you know, you don't have to handicap 16 games and, like, all the labor that goes into that. But at the same time, now I'm looking through the prop markets and looking through the sides, and I'm like, oh, man, pickings are a little bit more slim than they were, you know, last week. And I'm going to have to really, really fine-tune my game here and make sure not to overplay my hand because I don't want to, you know – disrupt the awesome season that we had yeah you had an incredible season you know actually even better than what was documented you know we have everything every pick that we make uh documented because i think transparency is is crucial in the space um you know we kind of know uh, at least our guest and i uh, know because we're a little bit older a little longer in the tooth than connor but you know the, the betting space uh did not necessarily brand itself in the early days uh, from an integrity standpoint it was a lot of um, open three button down shirts and gold chains and 900 numbers and five star whale locks of the week. Um, speaking of that, Mike Randall, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I actually have my uh chain and all that stuff. I just I didn't wear it tonight, guys, but I, I normally do. <laughs> Looks good on you. So, uh, Mike is one of our uh incredible contributors here at 444, crushing the NBA streets. Uh, we're gonna uh Make sure he helps us crush some other sports moving forward. So definitely want to uh, check out Randall Rants on Twitter. Uh, excited to talk shop. We had Mike on a few weeks ago back into the regular season. So uh, one of the best in the space and excited to have him on for the playoffs. We want to remind you that we are going to continue to do our prop drop show. So two shows a week here for Move the Line, wherever you're listening or watching. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. That way you don't miss a show. Uh, we're going to Continue on, I think probably Friday nights. Uh, the market's forming early, uh, at least encouraged here on a Wednesday as we record this, how the prop market is looking so we can start to you know get those out there for you as soon as possible. Um, so don't forget to do that. Uh, and then head over to 444.com slash plans. You can find out how to access our tools, our betting subscription, all the great written content. And, you know, Mike is writing multiple MBA prop articles a week, um, all of our prop articles that are in more detail or behind there too golf is officially started uh we're back there so three sports right now uh and more to come so definitely want to hit that up dig into the show notes again that's both on youtube and on the podcast you can find out how to do that so gentlemen uh we're gonna talk about these games and then at the end you know we were talking offline a little bit it's topical people are in the space right now looking at survivor pools and ffpc and uh best ball drafts and they're all trying to figure out you know who's going to survive who's going to last um so we want to get our take just kind of who we think is out there in the uh you know kind of ranking our afc teams our nfc teams find out if there are any futures that we think are worthwhile uh, i know connor was kind of looking at you know maybe some long-term stuff connor just cashed a nice cowboys ticket right um you know highest scoring team so looking at kind of piggybacking that from what he had success on in the regular season, see if we can do that here for the playoffs as well. So uh, a few little notes here. We have five of the six matchups this week, guys, are uh, rematches from the regular season. Don't typically see that in the playoffs. Two of them are divisional rematches. So this is the third time these teams are seeing each other, uh, which is wild. And then kind of some historic trends over the last few years. Unders, 
hitting in a big, big way. Congrats to Sam. He'll be really happy. Unders are hitting it a 63.6% clip, uh, which is nice. Um, and when you stretch that out to uh, 10 seasons, it's almost 66%. So unders here, uh, probably a combination of weather, uh, a combination with you know teams being maybe a little bit more conservative at times. So we want to lean under whenever possible. And underdogs too, cleaning up here last five seasons, uh, 10 and 12 outright, but 15 and seven against the number. So again, talk about some of these trends, more descriptive than predictive, but I think they're worth noting, keeping in the back of your head of kind of how uh, books tend to be shaping the markets at this time of year. So uh, we'll start with our first game on Saturday, Saturday afternoon. We have the Raiders in Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals are five and a half point favorites here at home. Again, these markets are a little fluid, so shop them. Uh, we have seen some discrepancies early. Um, if I'm looking now, I am seeing nothing but five and a halves at minus 110 across all of the major books here um, that we have access to. So pretty standard here. Uh, total here uh, is 49. There's a 48 and a half at FanDuel, if that happens to be uh, a play for you here, which is interesting to see. Weather should be no concern. We're looking at like 28, no real precipitation, no massive wind, 10-mile-an-hour wind, so nothing too crazy here. But uh, this is a rematch from Week 11. Bengals came off a bye, went into Vegas as a one-and-a-half-point favorite and dominated. They actually just ran the ball a ton. They won 32-13. to 13. Coming under the total, total there was 50-and-a-half as well. Uh, Connor, get me started here. What are your thoughts here on this upstart, uh, both upstart teams, I guess? We didn't really expect either of these two teams to be in the playoffs. No, and I know that I was fading the Raiders last week against the Chargers. Uh, they wound up pulling off the outright win over them. But I, I think that since he's actually in a good spot here, they beat them obviously last time against uh, 32-13. Uh, they relied heavily on the run, 30 rush attempts from Joe Mixon. Uh, Tyler Boyd had one of his better games, recording six receptions. Uh, and friend of the show, John Daigle, actually mentioned this on our playoff preview pod, basically that because the Raiders play so much cover three, they play a lot of zone, that it's actually like – better for Tyler Boyd because he's kind of able to sit in those zones and that's like they don't change their scheme for anyone so that's just kind of what they rely on basically results in better Tyler Boyd games and that was only on a pretty limited Joe Burrow in terms of you know how much he was passing obviously they ran the ball 30 times Um, beyond that Raiders defense I think is actually interesting though is because they're 25th in overall EPA 26th in per dropback but seventh against the run Uh, so I mean Optimally, I think that the Bengals could just like go out the ball, go out there and chuck the ball. But the question is, after having so much success running the ball and like controlling the game last time, do we really think that they're going to do that? Uh, I would say probably not. I think that there's a good chance that they actually just go out and pound the ball again. Uh, and so that's kind of my issue with like handicapping this game in general, at least from a prop perspective and maybe even a side perspective. Side perspective, I still lean towards the Bengals. I think that they're the right side here. Uh, and I'm willing to go back to the well here, even after the Raiders turned up in last week's game. I think that the Bengals at home, they're actually a dangerous team in the playoffs, I think, uh, are able to get the win here and, and win by seven or more. Mike, this Raiders team was dead, uh, dead and buried for a bit even. Uh, they lost five of six midseason. They lost to the Giants. Uh, they lost at home to Washington. And this team is in the playoffs. And it's really remarkable, again, considering all the things that they had going on off the field too. It's kind of a crazy thing. Rallied, you know, four straight. Connor mentioned that wild game on Sunday night. Um, I think the elephant in the room here, though, is like we said, we want to worry about that offensive line for the Bengals. It is going to be their bugaboo if they're going to advance. 30th in pass block win rate on the season. And the Raiders have been a top seven, uh, you know, rush team. So I think maybe that's why they ran so heavy that first time. 
What are your early leans here when you're digging into this matchup? I agree with Connor. I think the side is the Bengals. Guys, fascinating, right, that no text message, we saw that going around social media, has ever been sent about a Bengals win because text <laughs> messaging started in 1992, the last one, 1991. Uh, Paul Derner from The Athletic pointed out something I thought was crazy. Derek Carr, 0-5, and his offense has never scored more than 17 points in games that are below 37 degrees. Maybe lean something to the cold weather. He had four touchdowns, five interceptions, only 57% completion percentage in those games. You said 27 degrees in Cincinnati. It's going to be cold. It's going to get colder later in the afternoon. I agree with Connor. I I don't think they're going to be able to stop the pass. You saw that when they were getting lit and lit up as well. They can run the ball with mix, and they have a lot of outs here. Bengals also getting 2.3 sacks per game at home. They got Carr twice in Vegas with a fumble recovery and an interception. Vegas 25th in DVOA for to opposing wide receiver too. So pick your poison. Is that Chase? Is that Higgins? You have the Raiders coming off the big game there in overtime. It's a short week. I mean, there's just a lot of things going against the Raiders in this game. So I think the Bengals finally get the win here on the side. I, I would go lower on the total and go in the under here, but I think the side is the Bengals. I think they get the win and move on. Raiders have done a nice job, but I just think there's too many things working against them in this game. Yeah, I agree with both of you. I think I lean under, and I think the more we just talk through that a little bit, I feel like maybe a stronger lean. Um so maybe we see more of those 40 and a half. So we start to see some action on that. And yeah, the Bengals feel like the side, you know, even if at five and a half, you know, even if we, at, that got steamed a little bit, they could be a teaser leg. But I think at five and a half, they're probably still the side here. Um, yeah. My, I guess my biggest question though, about the under, right. Is that if we kind of look at Raiders and who the Raiders and who they played in terms of like similarly good offenses, I think that we kind of rank Cincy in, in a relatively high regard, at least top half, you know, sure. arguably top 10. Uh, and we look at other teams they played. They've allowed 48 to 40 and 41 points to the Chiefs. They allowed 33 to the Cowboys, 32 and 28 to the Chargers. Uh, and then they allowed like, I mean, even 28 points to the Dolphins, who I, I wouldn't even consider a top 20, you know, uh, like offense, to be honest, like even close. So like, you're, and then the rest of the teams they've played, I mean, were awful, like really, really poor offenses. Um, you're talking about like, like Broncos, Giants, Washington, like, you know, like just really terrible offenses. Uh, and so, like Steelers even in that mix. So you're looking at like half the offenses they played were just like legitimately terrible. And so obviously those teams didn't really score points. Uh, but now you're looking at a Bengals offense who's more than capable of passing or running. So like that's my only concern about the unders that the Bengals score like 35 themselves. Um, so I, that's kind of what leads me to like the Bengals at anything less than six, anything less than six and a half, I think is actually a great play. Yeah. But theoretically they could do what they did successfully, right? Mm-hmm. Neutralize that pass rush take the air out of the tires and just run, 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 mm-hmm. because they really don't have an answer for, you know, Max Crosby and, you know, things like that on the Denver or on the, uh, on the defensive side for, for the Raiders. So yeah, I probably agree with you. I probably am more confident in the Bengals being the side than the total, but definitely would lean under two. I mean, really outside of that last game, the Raiders team total, they've been under that like for their last five. So even that's probably a decent look. So, and then it's playoff time. Derek Carr, five and a half rushing yards. Quarterback rushing yard overs at a low threshold in the playoffs. We know we've seen it a little bit the last couple of years. Maybe Mahomes is probably a better play for this, but uh, we've seen some spike weeks from Carr at times this season. And by spike weeks, I mean like 21, 24 yards. So maybe a points bet opportunity if the fine folks at points bet want to offer us some, you know, Derek Carr rushing overs. Um, and maybe something that we start to talk about in some different games here. Uh, also, 
Cincy has been terrible uh, against tight ends. They have allowed 67 yards per game, fifth most in the league. We know Darren Waller came back last week, was not efficient, only caught two of nine, but we like to see the nine targets and could be a spot, again, if game script kind of goes like we're talking about. So maybe it's a decent Waller game as far as maybe a, a, a catches uh, standpoint. So worth a look, wait and see what those numbers come out at when they uh, probably come out in the next day or two. All right, next, New England. On the road in Buffalo, Buffalo is minus four. Let me just double-check to make sure we are four across the board here. Yep, four across the board, minus 110 everywhere. Uh, total back at 44, took some early money and got all the way down to like 42 and a half and then bounced right back up. I think there were some early concerns about the weather here, and the weather looks like it's just going to be really cold. But we're not going to have any wind, which is unusual in buffalo this time of year five miles per hour nothing really substantial and no snow it looked like it was going to be a snow game so i think that's probably why we took some steam on the under but it's kind of got back to where it was again this is back-to-back division titles for the bills you can put a stamp on it here mike uh against the patriots with a playoff win uh two matchups look very different early in the season what are your thoughts here yeah this is a little bit down narrative street guys but i i think belichick is is obviously at a different level. I think he held some stuff back from the Bills in that second matchup. It's very difficult for me to look at a number where Bill Belichick and the Patriots with their defense that's playing at an elite level again, and we're getting four points here. That is rough. The only variable that I'm concerned about, if you're taking a side in this game and you take the Patriots, which is what I would do, is Mac Jones turnovers. But I think Belichick's going to have some things in store for the Bills. I mean, they are still a team that went into Buffalo, threw the ball three times, and beat them there. So it's not like the Buffalo's not going to be able to, to adapt, but they knew what was coming against the Patriots in that win game, and they could not stop it. Tonight's random stat that is really meaningless but is worth discussing, and I got it from Aaron Oster of Vsin. Six seeds, last four years, seven and one straight up, 8-0 against the spread in wild card weekend. I like the Patriots in this game getting the points. I know that the Bills fans probably felt that they got the Patriots off their back and they're ready to move forward here. But you're getting over three and a half against the Bills with a low scoring game that I certainly think is going to happen. And a Patriot defense now that has seen the Bills at their best in that last matchup. I think he held stuff back here, and I think this is going to be a very, very close game. Provided that Mac Jones doesn't have some rookie issues as a quarterback, I will take the Patriots and the four. I uh, like it. Connor, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I, I really don't know. I think that this game is pretty tough to handicap because we have one of their games I almost consider like – I mean, the win game I almost consider like a mulligan. Just like it's not really – I'm not sure really how relevant it is to this like this current game because of just like – how rare the situation was in terms of the wind. And like, they, I mean, the Patriots threw the ball three times. It's like one of the fewest pass steps in the NFL history. Uh, you know, like I, I just don't know how to really factor that game in. Uh, but regardless, I mean, we're looking at Mac Jones still struggled, uh, you know, the, the second time around against Buffalo, you know, had 145 yards. Uh, I mean, they're playing from behind, you know, obviously 19 yards at the game prior, but obviously that, again, that I just don't really think that counts. So, um, Regardless, uh, I mean, I think that Buffalo is the better team marginally, uh, and I think that this line should be three. So if I have to take a, a if I have to take a stand on the spread, I would I would take Patriots plus four. But at the same time, I think that the Bills are a better all around team. 
Uh, and it pains me to say that Josh Allen, you know, is mu- that much better than the Patriots. But I think that it's, I think this game is actually really going to come down to him, to be honest. It's like if he plays within himself and is able to, you know, be just like an above average Josh Allen, they're going to win. Uh, if he is, goes rogue and is like, you know, throwing picks or just like trying to do too much, they're going to, I think they could very well lose. Uh, and a lot of this is actually going to come down to like, also, like, if the Bills get a big lead, how does Mac Jones respond? Like, how is he going to – is he going to be able to, like, throw to be able to come back? Uh, I'm all, I am also have major questions about that. I have no idea whether he's able, capable of doing that. It's the Bills defense, which is relatively strong in the past. But if the Patriots get the lead, I'm pretty confident that they can hold it uh, if the defense is playing well enough because their running game is good. Their defense is still strong. It's just – it's there's a lot of moving variables here I'm not sure about. For me, it's just a no play at all. But if I had to take a side, I guess it would be the Patriots. Yeah, I understand that. I, I think that the – so Josh Allen played pretty much as well as I think I've ever yeah. seen him play in that second game. Like he, he he dominated. He was why they won. He was making plays. He was making plays with his legs. He ran all over the place after really not running for the two weeks prior, which is weird. Just, I mean, just he was awesome. But um, I don't know. I think there's something to this – slide with the Buffalo Bills defense. And uh, Ben Solak pointed this out, friend of the show we had been on um, early in the season. The second half run struggles for the Bills are real. And I think it's been kind of a strategic thing that's happened after Tredavious White went out. And I think New England tries to take advantage of that here. They tried in that week 16 game. Because even in that game, like that was a game, Connor, where we had Damian Harris still, he scored three touchdowns. And he ran for like, you know, a buck 10 or something like that. Like he still ran the ball with success. Weeks 1 through 12, Buffalo was the best in the league in rush D EPA. Um, right around when they lost Tredavious White, they shifted. They went to a more uh, subsets. They were looking at, you know, lots of dime, lots of nickel, basically trying to make up for the loss of Tredavious White with more defensive backs on the field. So week, mm-hmm. Since week 13, they're 27th in EPA. So, again, I know we can get funny when you're playing with sample sizes, but we go from the best team in the league defensively against the run to a, you know, bottom six team. So, pretty substantial and i think the pats try to do it for multiple reasons because we're not sure about mac jones the only time that he really showed any semblance of the ability to pass and kind of try to lead them back from behind was that indie game they came up short but at least it was a game where like he had to rally they had to lean on him to get him there uh they fell a little short in the end but you know he did it but again not not in the playoffs uh not against the bills so a little bit of a different beast. I think we just see a lot of Patriots running game here. And yeah, I mean, Belichick getting points against Josh Allen, who he's really had his number early in the season. I mean, how pissed were the Bills? Remember that first game? They were like, that. those pressers were, they were in their heads. So like, again, to Mike's point, if there's something held back, if there's something here that they don't have, that they haven't shown, you know, we're getting four points on the road. I would probably lean that way. Make it six or make it uh 10 if you add a little six point tease there don't hate that whatsoever um so that would kind of be my look here but again josh allen plays like he did in week 16 none of it matters uh the bills will steamroll them and the bills can steamroll everybody if he plays like that so uh that again could be the outlier performance more so than anything all right gentlemen uh next one is on sunday first game sunday has the eagles on the road in Tampa. We know the weather is nice in Tampa. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, eight and a half is the play here. Again, I think that is uh, moving in a few different spots. We are now painted across the board at eight and a half. 
with a total at 46. Uh, this has dropped a little bit on the total side, but 46 is holding strong now. Um, I think going into the season, Connor, you and I, and we, we did our preseason previews. I didn't think we expected much at all from anyone in the NFC East per se. We definitely didn't expect anything from the Eagles. That lessened after the Nick Sirianni opening presser. Uh, I think no one really had any expectations because that was kind of a hot mess. So I don't want to say that they're happy to be here per se, but considering that they have a ton of draft capital, like they're going to, right. They're going to be loaded up in the draft. If they decide that they want to keep their quarterback, uh, Jalen hurts and just attack depth elsewhere, they're sitting in a nice spot. And Tampa Bay is a team that everyone's ready to count out because of all the injuries, but uh, I'm reluctant to do so. Mike, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm with you. I, I like Tampa in this spot. They get playoff Lenny back. Gio Bernard's back, Mike Evans, still Gronkowski. And look, great job by the Eagles team. Jalen Hurts, beginning of the year, is totally wrong about him. He was getting those fourth-quarter fantasy points and driving me crazy. Yeah. I'm like, how can you call him a QB1 when there's a rumor going around that he could be benched for Gardner Minshew, but really improved, certainly looks like he should return. My only issue, guys, is Nick Sirianni, first playoff game on the road against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay this year, 6-2 and two at home against the spread. Tampa Bay 11 and five against the spread with Brady. That's well over 65% in games at home. They were favored by four points or more. He's nine and three, even better. I think they'll get enough. I think they get it right here. I just don't see Jalen hurts with a limited offense that really is centered around him with some disappointing weapons on the outside going down into Tampa Bay and covering this. If you're not happy with the number, you want to make a decision, then you could tease it down, you know, and just take the two and a half and get under the magic number of three and get that eight and a half out of there, which is always scary, right? Seven and eight and, and three and four. But um, either way, I think it's Tampa Bay. It's not an eagle play for me. Uh, the total's kind of up in the air. You know, I'm always worried about garbage time with Jalen Hurts. I remember that Cowboy-Eagle game earlier this year where Hurts went crazy in the fourth quarter. They were getting killed. I don't want any part of that, but I do want a part of Tampa Bay. I think they have enough weapons, enough healthier, even though no Godwin, Antonio Brown, of course, you know, to get past them and, and to find their way into the second round. Yeah, first career playoffs, obviously, for Hurts, 46th for the GOAT. Um, a little bit of an advantage there. You know, the kind of narrative on Philly is that they beat up against bad teams, but you know it's, it's true. They really haven't had a lot of success against good ones. They, they won six of seven down the stretch, six of eight if we want to count whatever happened on week 18 where they really benched everybody. But, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Tom Brady in the playoffs, Connor, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm originally, you know, my, my take was that, oh, Tampa is in a great spot here. Um, but, you know, when I started digging a little bit deeper, I kind of realized that, like, so Tampa Bay's run defense in the second half of the season, just 14th in run DDVOA or run DEPA. Um, and you're looking at an Eagles team, which, I mean, has thrived on power running game and has been actually, like, I mean, very dominant at their run game. Like, I mean, they bullied the Saints, who were number one in run DDVOA in, like, midpoint in the season. And, I mean, just absolutely, like, thoroughly dominated them on the ground. Uh, and now they draw a Bucks team, which, you know, I think we all thought and think are, is a good run defense, but they, they haven't been the same like elite run D we've known for the last few years. Um, so I think that the Eagles are going to have more success on the ground than most people anticipate. Um, but whether or not that leads to them, like, you know, winning or competing, you know, obviously that's another question. So like for me, I would lean Eagles at eight and a half because I think that they can like kind of keep close to, to a touchdown, 
Uh, and a lot of that's to do with like, as you mentioned, you know, no Godwin, uh, like no AB. So it's basically just Evans and Gronk, which is still plenty uh, of weapons. Uh, so I think that the Bucks are still going to have success. Uh, and obviously this game can get thrown way out of whack. If the Bucks go up 40 points early, the game's over. They're going to win by 30. I mean, like there's no chance, but if the game's close, you know, like if the Eagles are able to have success on the ground early on, you know, maybe keep the game close. I think that, I think they could, could stay that way the whole game. So I, I really think that it depends on kind of what game script they're in because if they're forced to throw. I think that they're, they're pretty much toast. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, obviously they, you'd rather have Chris Godwin. You'd rather have Antonio Brown. Um, you know, things happen though. I mean, they had, those two had a combined or no Evans and Godwin, Evans and Godwin had three, three catches in the Super Bowl against the, the chiefs. So like, again, they can things adapt. can happen. Things can happen, and, you know, Tom Brady can get it done. I feel good about having, you know, playoff Lenny back. That's a big thing for them. Again, he was second in the team and catches uh, behind Godwin when he went down. Like, that's a big, big add for them. He didn't get a lot out of Geo this year, less than we definitely thought, but having him back is nice considering that they've had some other injuries there in the backfield. So, again, since we've seen the injuries, since Godwin went down, down Tyler Johnson's been more of the guy in the slot. They have been rotating – Silo Grayson and Rashard Perriman uh, across from Mike Evans on the outside. So again, I think it's going to be Gronk. I think it's Gronk very heavily here. Uh, we've been targeting tight ends against the Eagles all season long. They have seen the third most tight end targets on the year, 8.1 per game. Uh, so I think it's a really nice spot for Gronk catches in the prop market. Uh, maybe, maybe yards too, but definitely catches when that comes out. So, so actually it just dropped like oh. 10 minutes ago. We can give a little live reaction here. We got a five and a half, five and a half plus one ten on the over. Mm. Um, I'm okay with it, actually. Yeah, I think it's I think it's viable. Uh, Fifty five yards. Mm. Look so, at the yards. What are our projections? Let me see. I got to actually up see what our projections are on the yards. We're at sixty five yards. We're actually at sixty five yards and four catches. So our lean is under in the catches. I I think that that's light. I you know I think he's yeah. going to see seven eight targets here at least. So. Yeah, our projections lean over on the yards and under on the catches. But uh, I think there's also the factor, too, that, like, you know, we look at the last couple of years, like Gronk has been, like, unleashed in the playoffs, basically, because they – I mean, not this year, but in most years they kind of keep him on bubble wrap, you know, and, like, you know, use him when they need him, you know, but they kind of don't really, like, force the issue. But yeah. when the playoffs come, he's Brady's go-to guy and just, like, fucking explodes, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like – I mean, what are they waiting for? You know, especially with no Godwin, you know, like I think that like it's just him and Evans basically. Yeah. We're talking about him competing with Tyler Johnson from like over the middle targets. Cause that's theoretically yeah. right. It is what it is, right. Is yeah. it's, it's tight ends, but it's also just kind of that, like, you know, Ganyan plays that really soft zone. They've, they've manipulated a little bit in the second half, but like you can get to them over the middle of the field. So uh, yeah. What are your thoughts there, Mike? Any early reaction? Yeah, I agree. I I think Tampa is going to be able to attack it however they want to attack it here. And Gronkowski is just such the security blanket. I think it was Grayson ruled out. I read today that Grayson. Yeah, sorry, Grayson. Okay, I know he was dealing with a hamstring and he didn't play much at all last week. So Connor was spot on. If they get up, it's going to be a real ugly situation. I just it's hard for me to take an underdog in the NFL playoffs when I just don't think they're going to win. I just don't see the Eagles winning this game. So now we're getting down to, you know, three versus eight or or whatever. And so I I would definitely strong, strong pick here with Tampa Bay. Yep, agreed. All right. Uh, Before we move on, I want to tell you a little bit about our new sponsor here, PropSwap. 
Uh, it is where America buys and sells sports bats. We talked about a little last week. When you buy that little ticket at the window in Vegas or you go to the new casinos out there uh, by Mike in the you know New York, New Jersey metro area, that is yours. And what you do with it is up to you. You can you can sell it. Uh, and PropSwap is the place to do so. The playoffs are here and our prop swappers are cashing in. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors. Uh, great features like uh, you can search by best value. Uh, you can look at the activity feed to find out all the big sales that are going on. And they have a new feature with hot tickets for sale as well. Uh, there's a lot going on. We want to offer a promo code to new users. Uh, when you subscribe, use promo code 4 for 4 They will match your deposit up to $500, doubling your cash. Um, if you send us a picture of your deposit using that promo code, uh, we're going to also give you some swag. So you can hit us up uh, anywhere on Twitter. Uh, you can put it in the, sh- in the notes on YouTube, comments with a picture, whatever, however you want to do it. Uh, let us know. We'll get you some of that swag too. Definitely a cool way to do it. Again, we talked about how it's you know a new way basically to hedge out of some stuff. It's really great in the futures market because again, if you were to try to hedge out of a massive, massive future, uh, it takes a lot of money to be able to make sure that you come out even on that side. So PropSwap lets you get out of it with some guaranteed profits without having to lay a bunch of extra money. So uh, Connor, I know this is something that you've kind of been excited about. We haven't been able to do everything here in Illinois yet on it. I think we can buy, but we can't sell. Uh, but again, in general, this is a legal uh, legal venture. Uh, so definitely want to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, it's something that I think that we you know plan on having more uh, paper tickets just because of this kind of optionality, you know, in the future of, you know, if we have a good future, I think the option to be able to sell out or, you know, kind of like sell our future here is, is pretty important because, you know, I think a great example here is a team like the Bengals. If you're holding a Bengals Super Bowl ticket that uh, you probably got at what, I think it was the 60 to 80 to one range, something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I mean, you're probably not too confident about them winning the Super Bowl, but, you know, you probably feel good about, you know, getting maybe five or 10 X of return on your, whatever your investment. So. Yep. It only takes one, one other person in the marketplace that is a little bit encouraged on the Bengals for them to buy you out of that ticket. Mm-hmm. And then it's a win-win for everybody. They get, they get it at uh, uh, the original odds um, that you got it at in you know August and you get out and get a little bit of profit. So again, check it out. Promo code four for four, $500 match and some swag on top of it. Can't beat it. All right. This is probably going to be my favorite one to watch guys. San Francisco at Dallas. This is uh, minus three everywhere, and we have a uh, – I'm sorry, Bet Rivers, because Bet Rivers likes to keep us on our toes. They have a Dallas minus three and a half. Uh, and then we have 51s across the board, except DraftKings has a 50 and a half, which I think is interesting, both of those rocking around some key numbers. So those are worthwhile if you have a lean. Um, Dallas seems to have all the pieces to get this done. Right on paper, they are probably, probably one of the most exciting teams and again, you think about how the offense is lagging behind from an efficiency standpoint, even though they were like the league's top scoring offense this season. But the defense has been carrying in through the last couple of months here down the stretch. Uh, I know, Mike, when we were growing up, this is like an annual playoff matchup, man. The Niners and the Cowboys, these are the, like some of the best games that really made me a passionate football fan growing up. Um, what are your thoughts here in this one? Uh, I mean, college, Cowboys, Niners, Steve Young throwing uh, the, the monkey off his back with everything. Alvin Harper down in San Francisco, of course. 
Man, I love that three and a half, I'll tell you, at Bet Rivers. It's Shanahan, guys. Uh, as a favorite, we know with his career, San Francisco 14, 24, and 1, 25 and 17 to the number as the underdog. It's going to be, the, it's going to come down to whether the Niners can control the ball on the ground, which I think they can. Uh, and Dallas has been very spotty. I feel like the, the, the Dak Prescott season has not gone as many of us wanted, especially in fantasy. The highs have been high, five touchdowns, all that stuff. But he has struggled to get C.D. Lamb involved the entire year. Um, I just like San Francisco here. They're in that spot, that sixth spot we talked about earlier. They can run the ball. They can control. I know their secondary is weak, but their front seven is incredibly strong. When you look at defense, San Francisco has been right there the whole year. There is seven overall in DVOA. Um, they're second against the run. So Dak's going to have to make some plays. And when Dak has had to make some plays here, he has struggled like against Arizona, things like that. So that three and a half is golden there. Would you say Bet Rivers? Uh, Rivers. I would like that. As far as the over, it's a tough one over under there with that number. But I like the side here with San Francisco. I just, I, it's hard for me to believe in teams to flip the switch. And I know that everyone thinks Dallas, you know, a lot of people have future tickets for them and they're excited. But I like this San Francisco team. I think Jimmy G is better than people give him credit for. And um, I, I would take it. I'll take it at three and a half, no doubt. Mike's telling you if you got a Cowboys ticket, head over to Prop Swap, buy out of that bad boy, <laughs> and then take the hour and a half to go on the Bet Rivers and search for the game to bet the three and a half because that's how long it takes to navigate this. <laughs> um, sorry, it's 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 you know it's. You should give us an extra half point because it is. Ooh, yeah, it's got to be worth the squeeze. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Connor, thoughts on this matchup? I, I'm, you know, you look at the money line too, to Mike's point earlier. You don't probably, you probably don't want to bet a dog unless you think they're going to win outright. Uh, DraftKings has got you at, at plus 145. Bet Rivers, obviously, with the three and a half there, plus 150. But those are also appealing. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at a three point spread, a three point spread at home, which means that. You know, basically they're looking at these teams as neutral, uh, you know, on a neutral playing field, like, you know, pretty much even. Uh, I, I Again, I, I think that this is a bad mat- matchup for Dallas. I think that San Francisco is the side here. Dallas has run defense 20th in EPA in the season. They're overall, they're third overall. I mean, their pass defense has been good. They've been causing a lot of confusion, causing a lot of turnovers. Um, but really, I think we're looking at, you know, Alex Smith reincarnate uh, Jimmy Garoppolo here, uh, you know, a quarterback. Basically, just you know, managing the game away, handing the ball off to Elijah Mitchell, uh, and I think that we're going to see San Francisco kind of dominate on the ground here. While on the other hand, Dallas is going to try to run the ball probably some aspect and have very little success. I think against San Francisco's second run, de- second rank run defense in EPA, 13, 13th against the pass. So I mean, maybe Dallas has some success, but Dallas has been all over the places here. I mean, just really the lows have been low and the highs have been high. Uh, which I guess is scary to back a team. But I guess in that scenario, I think that like taking the money line, the 49ers, taking the dog outright is very much viable because I, I just see a much more clear path to success for them uh, in terms of just like how they're going to win. Whereas I think that Dallas certainly could win and they could win in a big way if they're, I mean, Dallas can beat anyone. Like, you know, like Dallas can literally beat anyone. It's just a matter of whether their offense is clicking. Uh, and so that's always been the question, at least for the last year. And it seems more often than not, you know, the answer to that and like has been no, you know, it's just like, it's never all came together. And mm-hmm. so for like, for that to happen now, it'd be awesome, but it's not something that I'm banking on. So I think the 49ers here are able to get the win outright. And I mean, maybe even win by a good bit. Like I think this game can get really as a massive range of outcomes. Like if Dallas's offense is clicking, like 
the Cowboys could easily win by seven to ten. I think if 49ers rushing offense is clicking and the Dallas's offense is not like is it you know just playing okay, like the 49ers probably win by seven to ten. So I think that that's like that's a pretty wide range of outcomes. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think if you you know look at some of the Dallas metrics, you know success rate I think is a better indicator as far as you know your standard. Um, return as far as you know running defense whereas you know EPA is going to take into consideration bigger plays but you know their Dallas rush defense kind of middle of the pack uh, from a success rate standpoint you know they perform better in EPA they've been just overall a better EPA team DVOA loves them too because they're turning teams over Um, success rate kind of shows them more as middle of the pack on the other side San Francisco their top two in both EPA and success rate uh, against the ground. So they're also really good at defending passes to running backs as well. So this could be a decent spot for Zeke unders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know we looked decent last week again against the backup Eagles team where he was able to compile some yards that we haven't seen from him in a very long time, but in this spot in the playoffs against a really stout run defense. I mean, when you look at some of the guys like DJ Jones and Eric Armstead, are both inside the top five in run stuff win rate on the season. Um, they are just – they're balling out all year, kind of under the radar guys on that defense for the Niners. So, yeah, I feel like we are all kind of on that side, and I think you know, to Mike's point, the three-and-a-half is really, really appealing. Um, Dak overs too, right? If they maybe struggle to get some some of the ground game going, maybe an attempts over – uh, if we also think that you know, the Niners can steamroll them and get up a little bit, it's going to force their hand and maybe lean pass heavy. And maybe we get some Dak attempt over numbers that, that makes some sense. So that'll be something I'm looking at too. So kind of with you guys, I think the Niners are the side here. I think they're very live. And then it also fits Mike's narrative of the six seed, which I think is very poignant. Uh, we have the Patriots and Niners uh, kind of getting that done. So interesting. Again, the Cowboys can win the whole damn thing. And then this in four weeks looks very, very silly. But right, the range of outcomes for this team feels very, very wide. And uh, you know, the Niners have been – I'm glad they got in the dance because they just seem to be a team that can beat any of these other teams in the NFC where you know, the Saints – if this is a Saints game or, you know, gosh, we're, we're talking about this for half as long. I like – Ryan, I like that correlation. I mean, I, if, the, if the Cowboys can run on the Niners, the Niners are dead in the water. So oh, yeah. Niners are going to have to stuff the run. And if they do and you like the Niners – then I think the Dak passing over makes a lot of sense. Yep. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what the attempts. I think the attempts, even more so than the yards. Although, you know, that, that secondary for the Niners is is a problem. But, again, I think they mean just from a volume standpoint. Sometimes you don't have to worry about efficiency. We just chase volume numbers, and sometimes that works out better depending on what the, the books give us. All right. Uh, this is the AFC version as if the Saints had made it into the playoffs. We have the Steelers in the playoffs uh they are on the road in kansas city it is 12 and a half again let me verify that no one has snuck any other numbers as we record live 12 and a half everywhere including rivers good job guys uh, the total is 46 there are some 46 and a halfs at caesars and bet rivers uh this is a rematch of the week 16 game which was not even as close as the score indicates uh 36 to 10 uh, Big Ben's retirement ceremony postponed for one more week, but only one more week. I cannot imagine a scenario where this team goes into Kansas City right now and wins. Uh, but, Connor, get us started here. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I just cannot imagine a worse spot for the Steelers. I mean, you're going into Arrowhead, like, you know, in January. 
Um, I mean, Big Ben looks dead. You're catching a Chiefs team, which already hit its low point and is now like, you know, ramping up. Like they ramped up midseason or now just like their offense is flying. Their defense has actually been surprisingly strong all year after looking like they were going to be terrible to begin the year. Um, I mean, so you're getting like basically a Chiefs team, which is poised to make a run at home and a Steelers team, which, you know, their defense has been playing terrible. Their offense is like, I mean, look dead in the water most of the time. I mean, like Big Ben is. I mean, what did he throw the ball like sixty times at one game? Like lowest yards per attempt, like, like one hundred forty-three yards or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, just embarrassing. And like, yeah, it's yeah, so like I, I just don't understand how they could possibly win here. I think this is a really strong teasing game. I think that if for some reason this game is like, I mean, you can catch a live bet under ten. Uh, I mean, live betting the Chiefs in the playoffs outside of the Tampa Bay game has just been one of the most fruitful endeavors in my betting career, uh, you know, like this, their Super Bowl run, every time they fell down, just keep live betting them as much as you can stomach. Now, last year it was very expensive. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, regardless, I think that this is I – mean, they're, they're not going to fall behind. So it's just kind of like barring like some epic collapse or fumble, you know, like where they fall behind early on, there's no way that they lose. Yeah, really, the only starters – uh, majority guys have started the season that are behind Roethlisberger in composite EPA and completion percentage over expectation are rookies. Davis Mills, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson. Um, Sam Darnold can pop up into that mix too, depending on your game's play threshold. But it's time. It's been time. Um, you know, I'm a Steelers. I don't like the Steelers. They're not a, a team that I've uh, rooted for over the last 15 years. But again, Early Ben was terrific, and it's just it's rough to watch a guy that was looks so different early in his career kind of go out like this. But uh, it was a good career, but it is over, Mike. Yeah, Tomlin hinted about significant scheme changes. He better in this game. Every time I'm watching the Steelers, I think I Connor, I think I wrote up a bet. It was the last game or two games ago they played. It was like Roethlisberger under completions and like he beat it at halftime, but at 96 yards, you know, the, the completion <laughs> total. I mean, it's like 20 of 31 for 96 yards. Guys, it looks like they don't even trust him to throw like a 15 or 20 yard pass unless the team is in prevent, like against the Chargers and they're down. They're going to have to change it or they're going to have to take a page out of the Patriot book and just ram Najee Harris and say, we're running and this is what we're going to do. I do think guys that opened too high. I grabbed it at 13 and a half. So I think it is high. I do trust Tomlin in these spots getting ready. Um, what at 18 and nine uh, as an underdog, and then even better 10 and four when he's getting at least four points here as a, as a road underdog. I think they will get there with four. I think they will create pressure. I agree with Connor. There's no way the Steelers are losing this game. So it's always tough for me to take it, but it's a really high number. I think you can make an argument, guys, for the T's either way. I think you can make an argument for the Steelers, you know, going six points higher or going under. I agree. If it's under 10 live, I'm going to slam it. Um, I do like the Steelers with Ben to step up here, but they're going to have to change their scheme and really just run and be forceful and committed. If they do that, they can control the ball. They can keep the score down and possibly keep it under 10 points. But if they get down early, it's going to be tough because that Chiefs defense has played really well. DVOA last eight weeks is off the charts. And, Ben, you're, you're going to have to let it go, guys. I mean, you can't dink and dunk. I mean, the joke I was saying to everybody is Roethlisberger, Deontay jo- Johnson, pass complete, uh, loss of two. I mean, we, we got to do something here a little bit more. Um, I do 12 and a half, 
it's kind of around there. I liked it right when it opened, but may look to hit the live line here. Yeah, Steelers, I mean, it, it's incredible. They are dead last in pla- uh, pass block win rate. But he also is like by far the fastest time to throw. He gets it out so quick, like takes out any ability for them to get anything explosive downfield except after the catch stuff. Like we just haven't seen the ability for like Chase Claypool to get deep down the field and make plays. Like they can't really take the top off with James Washington or anything. It all is, you know, Johnson underneath. And can he do anything after the catch? And it's rough. And Najee left and didn't play most of the first half, you know, dinged up uh, on his right elbow, the UCL strain uh, in his elbow did not carry the ball in his right hand in the second half. So Again, he came back and he played and gutted it out because they were trying to get there. But it's interesting to see if is there something there. Like if the scheme change is more Najee, is he able to kind of you know handle that load? He's going to have to. I think that is the only thing that's a scheme change other than going to a different quarterback. But uh, otherwise, what are they going to do? Like just seven step drops and hope that the line shows up for the first time all season. Like he's going to get he's going to get retired at the end of the first quarter. Um, so that'd be rough to watch. So it's going to be an uh, interesting one. I think Connor makes a good point. If you happen to get a, a big play from the Steelers, you can get a, a Chiefs live number that's probably closer to 10. Probably be the play for me. I would love to see a Steelers team total a little bit above 17. And I could take an under, but we'll see. Shop around. Um, a couple other quick notes here. Tyreek Hill, we have to watch his availability as far as looking at the props the next few days. Uh, dinged up a little bit in warmups last week, barely played. He's probably fine, but again, they probably don't need him necessarily to be Tyreek Hill in this spot. So maybe um, there's some under opportunities if those numbers get posted where they typically are. We'll have to watch and see what happens on that situation. All right, last one. Monday Nighter, Arizona in LA. Uh, this is four everywhere except DraftKings has this at three and a half which is interesting. And then from a total standpoint, 49 and a half everywhere, except DraftKings that has a 49. So um, they have a slight lean in the market compared to everyone else. Each team won on the road this season in their matchups, Arizona kind of putting themselves on the map with their week four win in LA Rams returning the favor uh, in week 14 with a win in the desert. Some injury questions on both sides. Uh, Mike, what are your early leans here? The first, as far as the side guys, I'll look to you for help with the side. This is probably the hardest game for me to handicap. Same. The play that I really like is the under across the board. Third time these teams are playing, they're familiar with each other. Arizona, 3.2 sacks away from home. That's third best. And then home sacks, Rams get pressure as well, three per game. So I think both defenses are going to play well. I think they know the strengths of each other across the board. What I really like here is the under 49. But as far as the side, I mean, gosh, I love the Rams all year. I really have. I think they have everything in place to make their run. And you know McVay shoved his chips in the middle with Matthew Stafford. I mean, they have no draft picks for 30 years. But, you know, he has turned the ball over so many times in in rough spots. Really cost them the Packers game. It is tough for me to pick a side in this game. I'll defer to you two. But I do like the under third time between teams that know each other two defenses that have to get after it and mistake prone quarterback with Stafford. And then Kyler Murray, who is substantially worse with the numbers, unless he can run, he's still missing his biggest weapon. Um, tough one to handicap the side. Kind of with you, Mike, uh, Connor, do you have any early leans as far as a uh, cider or total? No, I mean, 
I, I'm having tough, tough time like handicapping these teams in general because you're looking at, like you said, the Cardinals without Hopkins have been kind of like a, a dis- different beast. I mean, Kyler coming back from injury as well. And then you're looking at like, you know, the whole whatever Chase Edmonds, James Conner mix uh, yeah. has been a disaster. Now you're on the Rams side. You have Cam Akers entering the mix, probably going to see an increased workload in the backfield there. As you mentioned, Stafford, his highs have been high, his lows have been low. Uh, you know, like really has been just all over the place this year. Um, obviously very capable, but just, I mean, that's been the case his entire career. Uh, and so now you're looking at him with, I mean, still strong weapons, you know, obviously with, uh, you know, OBJ and, and Cup and uh, Ben Jefferson and everyone. But uh, again, it's just like, these are two teams that I haven't had a good read on for the past, whatever, I mean, half the season, I guess. And so now at this point, like, I don't know. I, I It's one of those things that I'm not really sure. Um, my only caution, I guess, to the, the total is that I think that you're right. Historically is that like, whatever, like the more the teams play, the lower scoring it gets. Right. I think it's, it's pretty much the, the research, right. Um, like the second time, the second divisional game that they play is usually always lower scoring. Um, and in this case, they've scored 57 and 53 points in their two meetings. And so, you know, that's obviously a lot. Uh, and both these offenses are very capable. So I don't know. I think that the under would definitely be the lean for me, but still it's like a little bit of caution there with how good they've been, you know, at least through two games. Yeah, they Connor, they could hit the under and still be over. They could hit yeah. they could hit the the lowest <laughs> score they've had and still hit yeah. it over. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the injury news is is uh interesting too, and I think probably why it's it's hard to to really cap this. I mean, I imagine we see one of, if not both, Chase Edmonds and James Connor. Um Connor played last week dealing with three different injuries. Uh, Edmonds, maybe they could have used him. They kind of went for it last week, but they held him out. Um, be interesting to see what happens there. Jonathan Ward played. He got dinged up. So, like, this is going to be a bunch of, you know, Benjamin. That could be kind of messy. J.J. Watt probably back, which helps them a little bit. Uh, because, again, like, Stafford has been, as Mike said, like, not necessarily what we thought or maybe what they were thinking. And he's been really bad under pressure. And, again, leading the lead in – uh, in interceptions, that becomes problematic because he's been, you know, bottom five quarterback when pressure. Again, everyone's not good under pressure, but uh, Stafford has been, you know, more turnover prone and worse than a league average quarterback. So, and then on the the side for the Rams, they have had some massive injuries, particularly on the defensive side at safety. J- Jordan Fuller, starting safety, he is the captain. Uh, is you know, Silva pointed out he is the play caller, the green dot guy. He is done for the playoffs. Uh, their other starting safety, Taylor Rapp, is in concussion protocol. They had Eric Weddle, former Charger, Raven, and Ram, uh, who has not played since 2019, unretire today uh, to sign. So, like, this dude, he hasn't played since pre-COVID, and we're going to wrap him up and uh, put him out there and, and give him some playoff snaps is pretty interesting. So um, this is a nice spot for Zach Ertz. Uh, that obviously the safety issues kind of help that too. He has been a target hog. He is averaging just shy of 11 targets per game over the past four weeks, basically since Hopkins went down. He has seen seven or more in six of the past seven weeks. So again, Ertz is a catches play, uh, not a yards play. Uh, We know that for sure because he is dusty as they get. Uh, He's the king of the uh, horizontal raid and all the things that they do there. But uh, again, worth a look based on volume alone. This, this is uh, this is the hardest one for me to handicap too. Not a, not a great feel for it. So, all right, let's talk about uh, just kind of the teams in general, kind of uh, 
you know, looking at the AFC, you know, we aren't talking about the Titans or the Packers today. They are unique because they get that first round by. Um, but the Titans, when you look at the AFC guys, are not getting any respects uh, in the market. They are uh, basically right around where the Bills are as far as uh, odds to win the conference. Chiefs are favored pretty much across the board. And that's massive when can you consider that they don't have to play this week and everyone else does. Uh, if you look at, we have a uh, projections here over at 4 for 4 looking at the odds of the matchup, uh, odds at teams to advance. Uh, we're looking at a Green Bay, Kansas City Super Bowl as the most likely scenario, which I think is very interesting. Again, this is Kansas City having to play three games, even though one of them is the Steelers, should be at a, a disadvantage for them. But according to the odds, it isn't. What are your thoughts here, Connor, uh, on the AFC? Uh, how would you rank these teams, and what are your thoughts on the Titans as far as their respect or lack of respect in the market? Yeah, I mean, honestly, just I think that the Titans – are the worst number one seed in NFL history in my lifetime, uh, like by far. Um, I, I I don't know worst number one seed um, off the top of my head. Do you have anyone? Do you have anyone close? I can't think of anyone, Mike. Yeah, I mean, like there's almost always at least one dominant team. You know? No, like, there is. Like that's. I mean, there's kind of there's such a bad one seed that the new thing is to say they're not. Uh, they're underrated because they're, they're, <laughs> people are saying that like they're trying, I think to build them into something that they're not. Yeah. Cause I mean like, yeah. So, I mean, my thing here is that kind of like mapping out the playoffs um, you look at them, you know, the spot that they're in basically. So the, the Bengals and Raiders uh, are, you know, they, I think the Bengals win. So the, the Bengals beat the Raiders. Uh, you're looking at basically them playing the Titans or the winner of Buffalo, New England playing the Titans. Um, or, you know, essentially if, if New England wins, they would play the Titans. And if uh, Buffalo wins, they would not. So then you'd get, you know, whatever, the uh, Bengals. So my point is that I think the Bengals are going to play most likely. I think the Buffalo win probably wins. But still, if you're looking at that most likely scenario, looking at the Bengals playing them and playing the Titans as their first two games, the Raiders and the Titans, and which I think is, I mean, a very, very soft draw. Yeah, uh, so I think that there's some a little bit of value in some of their futures right now. Like if we talked about prop swap earlier, you know, if you're able to get a paper ticket around twenty to one, eight, it's right now eighteen to one on DraftKings. I'm sure you can find a twenty to one somewhere else. Um, I think they win those two games. You can sell that shit after two weeks, uh, you know. And even then, so see, even if they, even if the Patriots win, then they're playing the Chiefs. I mean, the Bengals already beat the Chiefs. Like you know, it's like they have already been there, and they can they can hang with anyone. So like I think that they're more than live again again. Uh, you know, they're probably like six point, maybe four and a half to six point dogs uh, in that scenario. But still, I, I think that that's like, I think that there is a little bit of value there. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid too much here now, but I think that we were high on them at certain points during the season. They may have let us down a little bit, but I think at this point, like their offense really has it all if they want to, uh, you know, it's just more so whether Burrow can get it done. Yeah. 18s are the best number. Uh, across the board for them to win. Uh, if you want to look at them to win the AFC in general, Caesars has them at uh, plus 850. Um, yeah, again, they're going to have to go into probably Buffalo or Kansas City uh, to win a game here. You know, if they're going to – otherwise they're hosting teams, if they can handle – again, theoretically in this instance where they're already going into Tennessee and winning, um, 
you know, that, it's definitely interesting. I, I was looking at that as well. I thought that that was a, a number that was, that was interesting. And when you look at them, I was trying to rank these teams. I did, I was hesitant. And again, this is disrespectful to Tennessee who beat a good schedule this year. Like they had, they down the stretch played some cupcakes, but early in the season, they kind of knocked off some really good teams. I have them fourth. I had Kansas City first. I had Buffalo number two. I think that Cincinnati scares me a lot more. Uh, I had the number three. Then I had Tennessee four, which again, to your point, is should never be the case for a one seed. You know, I tried to check my homer bias. I put my Patriots five behind Tennessee. Couldn't go that far. Um, but again, like I think that that's more of a discussion than I think that's close though. I really do think that that's like that. That is very much close. Compared to some of the other teams, like they just don't have that ceiling that you know that's not a Super Bowl offense. Now, again, theoretically, they're getting healthy, they have some dudes on the defensive side, some playmakers, even though some of the long term metrics don't check out as an above average or terrific elite defense. Then again, Derrick Henry coming back, AJ Brown's been back, and then Julio kind of came back in the last week or so. So, again, if they can kind of get that all together, we haven't seen that in a while. This becomes a little bit of a different team, but the only hole that you could poke in that is they were still running the ball really well without Derrick Henry. So again, I know that like you could say that defensively teams have to account for it differently and things of that nature. And that's probably true. But when you're just looking at like raw outputs, they were just as good without him as they were with him from a, you know, collective group of running backs on that team. Deontay Foreman played good football. So uh, and then, you know, obviously bringing up the rear there with uh, the Raiders and Steelers, I think they are comfortably six and seven. But uh, what are your how would you rank these teams in the AFC, Mike? Yeah, in the AFC, I liked your ranking. I definitely put the Titans fourth. I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't believe in them. It's it's whether it's the defense, whether it's listen, Derrick Henry comes back. There's going to be a curve. It's not like he's going to go out, I don't think, and start running for 180 yards. I mean, there's going to be an element of having to adjust Julio Jones, MIA, of course. I mean, I I. I get it. I still don't know if A.J. Brown is totally healthy. I still put the Chiefs one uh, for, you know, for the offense and everything we talked about. I feel like they're getting a little bit more value on the line now if you want to get them on a future. Um, I guess if you're looking at a, a the, the winner of the Bills-Patriots game, I think can go very, very far. I like the Patriots to at least keep it close and possibly win. I have trouble with Mac Jones getting all the way to the Super Bowl, though. Guys, how great would it be to see the Patriots in Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl? I mean, talk about how great a storyline that would be. Um, I, I mean, I don't I don't like the Bengals. I just don't think they have enough to put it all, the, all together for multiple games. But Zach Taylor's done a great job. wasn't for Vrabel. I think he's a runaway coach of the year. So, uh, to me, it's Chiefs. Bills, Patriots, flip a coin. The other one's third, and then Tennessee fourth. That's how I do it. I I can't see a path for the Bengals to get to the Super Bowl. That's my issue. I could absolutely see it for the Chiefs, the Bills, and really because of the value, yeah, I could see Belichick putting it together and Mac Jones having a great, great run. So I'd put the Titans fourth. Theoretically, again, in this instance, if the Bills are to beat the Patriots, the Bengals are playing in Tennessee next week. What's that number? Right, we don't get look aheads in this market, right? It, depending uh, on, let's say Tennessee one and a half. Okay, crazy. yeah, crazy, yeah, yeah. I was thinking two and a half, but yeah, I mean, it kind of we're like splitting hands. I mean, if it's point. three, I think that the Bengals are smashed, but that's yeah. just my. I mean, it could get there, but I, I think it's probably gonna be like two and one and a half to two and a half. Yeah, if they win handily, I think that's probably more wrap. I think we're probably 
under three. I'd be really surprised. I mean, I think if it opened at a three and a half, I think that gets smashed so quickly that it disappears before, you know, any of us can get to it because uh, you'll see some big groups on that instantaneously. So, yeah, interesting. We're, you know, good good discussion there. Again, it changes very much if the Bills and, you know, Patriots game goes differently. The Patriots win that one. Um, that kind of flips here. And, uh, again, Patriots can go into to Nashville and win too. Uh, those teams, I think, become pretty close. So, again, depends on how dominant either of these teams uh, look when they win this week. Uh, NFC side. I think we feel a little bit better about the one seed here. Packers, uh, again, 15, uh, 15 and four, depending on your odds. You're looking at uh, to win the NFC, you know, plus 170, I guess, at what we're looking at most spots to win the Super Bowl. They are the favorites at plus 380. Again, to be the number one seed again, considering all the injuries they had, them getting healthier, getting guys like Jair Alexander back, David Bakhtiari back. Um, I think they were able to manage Aaron Jones down the stretch. You know, um, some of the secondary receivers have kind of emerged. There starts to be a little bit more cohesion on that offense, and the Packers, I think, are a legit contender there in the NFC. Connor, I'll let you go first. What are your NFC rankings and then any thoughts as far as kind of uh, possible matchups that you think are advantageous? Yeah, I think there's some, like, tiers here uh, for the NFC, to be honest. It's like – the Packers and the Bucks for me are like very clearly at the top. Um, I think that they're like kind of a, a rung above everyone else. And then there's like Rams, Cowboys, you know, Niners in that kind of tier. And then Cardinals as well, like are all just in that range. Uh, and then the Eagles, you know, far below. And I think the odds reflect that Eagles 30 to one right now to win the NFC. Yeah. Um, what's interesting though, in terms of my tiers, like the, the odds rank the Rams more in that top group there, plus 450, Bucks plus 350, Packers plus 160 to win the NFC. Whereas, I don't know, I kind of have them closer to like the Cowboys, Niners, Cardinals tier. Uh, I mean, I think it's kind of crazy actually how, I mean, Rams four-point favorites only against the Cardinals, plus 450 to win the NFC, Cardinals 12 to 1 to win the NFC. No, I mean, they're only four-point dogs. It's not like they're, you know, like six, seven-point dogs. I don't know. I think that that's... Uh, an interesting discrepancy there as I was looking through it. Yeah, I think the Rams thing is because they're those are home games, right? So if they, mm. you know, they win that next game is is in LA again, right? So if um, you know Dallas holds on, or if you know the Niners too, like either way, you know that game is happening in LA. Uh, the Niners win too. You, know, you see the Niners back far, but again, if they win, they have to go to Green Bay, and that's a, a, a difficult ask. Um, I kind of agree with you that it is. Packers and Bucks, kind of at the top. Mike, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Packers and Bucks. I, I'm going to go with the Rams third. I, if I just saw more consistency from Stafford, I would really like this Rams team. What I like about the Packers this year is I like that they have gotten AJ Dillon involved, knowing that when you get to January, it's smash mouth. They've been really affected by what's gone on with San Francisco. So they're not going to have that scenario come into Lambeau Field and happen again. They're going to pound it with A.J. Dillon, and you have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Rodgers. He needs to get those players back, and they are coming back, which is great. I agree with Connor. Packers and Bucks are clearly ahead. If Stafford can get hot and have like an Eli Manning playoff run where if he plays real well, yeah, I think the Rams can match up with them. They've gone to Green Bay already. 
They suffered through some turnovers and kept it close. The Cardinals, the Cowboys, I don't think the Cowboys are tough enough and strong enough to go into Green Bay and win that type of game. I do like San Francisco, but the Packers have seen that before. Is, yeah. Are San Francisco going to be able to go into Green Bay get, go into Green Bay and do what they did to them in San Francisco? I don't know. Packers, Bucks, and then the Rams is my sort of long shot, a little clear ahead of the field. Yeah, so when I got into that midsection where you're looking at, I think, Rams, Cowboys, Cardinals, Niners, because I do agree. I mean, in the books, again, tell you, uh, you know, the Eagles being 30 to 1 everywhere. Um, again, Cowboys could be, they can win the whole thing. I don't think any of us would be surprised in a month if the Cowboys are in LA playing for the Super Bowl. It just, that is definitely within you know, not even a tail range of outcomes for them. They are that talented. Um, the Cardinals have been tough, uh, you know, especially offensively without Hopkins. Uh, really unpredictable. They rely a lot on Kyler creating and making plays off scripts, uh, third downs. Like those things just are not stable and they are harder to do in the playoffs against really good football teams. And then you have to kind of give a tiebreaker in the Rams Niners thing to the Niners because. Like they kind of own them, like at a certain point. But again, to your point, like Mike, the Rams are just right there with Dallas, right? Like that team is loaded from a skill position standpoint. We feel a little bit better about them with Bob Woods, but like Odell slid in there. They have a bunch of dudes on the defensive side. If they could stay healthy and, you know, the safeties are end up being okay. Um, if they get something from whoever unretires and comes in and plays for them, but uh, feels like we have another Bucks. Packers NFC championship game uh, that could be on the docket. And that would be very fun to watch and no problem watching those two guys go at it again. One of my favorite props I'm going to look for guys is Odell Beckham over receiving yards. He is the X factor for the Rams. You know, yeah. Cooper cup, everyone's going to be accounted for. They're going to worry about the running game. Acres is back. Beckham has the biggest variation. He was the guy they went to in that Baltimore game when they needed a catch. He's played very well for them. I think if the if you like the Rams, the correlation to me is I think Odell's going to have a real good playoff. Nice. I like it. Um, all right. Super Bowl. Mike, who we got? Super Bowl for me. I, you know, I laughed when I thought about this. How about the Packers make it there, guys? But they Finally. lose to the Bills, and the mm. Bills get their first Super Bowl title. They get by the Patriots. The Bills will play Kansas City. We'll have a matchup between Buffalo, who's trying to finally win, and Aaron Rodgers getting the great second Super Bowl, and the Bills stop them. How about that one? I kind of like it. Kind of like it a lot, Connor. Uh, your face pulled when I asked you that, um, so I'm guessing you have not thought about this too much. But what are your thoughts? I know. I was actually looking at some of the odds today. There's actually some – some interesting. There's like an exact result prop uh, on DraftKings. Um, I, we can scroll through those real quick here. But what did you say, Mike? You said Bills over the. Uh, I said Packers. Bills over the Packers. Yeah, twenty to one right now. Uh, you know, if you if you want to put a little few bucks on that, you know, I like betting these. I mean, I know that they're really probably really bad bets, and I'm sure you can find better value just like betting them outright and kind of rolling your money over. But uh, that's not that fun. So you know, like throw whatever. Yeah. 10 bucks at 20 to one, 20 bucks at 20 to one, whatever you want to do, whatever, you know, fancies you, uh, you know, what was fancying me in this market, uh, was looking at some of the longer shots, obviously, cause you know, that's things that I think are fun. <laughs> um, there was 80 to one Bengals to beat the bucks, uh, 50 to one Bengals beat the Packers. Uh, You're all in on this Bengals thing. I, I, the more, I, the more I talk about, it, the more I'm in and, 
uh, the more that I think that they might lose week like the first round out of the Raiders after <laughs> I'm getting all excited about them. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to tail them until they fail. So I'm, I'm going to be betting them this week. You know that I, you know, I like to bet some sides here and there, but I pick and choose my spots. Uh, and so this will be one of the spots that I pick. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I did put a few bucks on that just because, you know, if I want to, if I'm going to be right and I'm going to talk about it, I got to have some money where my mouth is. So. I respect it. So that was what I was going with, Mike. I kind of like, uh, you know, again, like I would really like the bills to lose this week, but I think that team can go into Kansas City and win. Right. They got to get by this week, right? That's got to get by this week, um, and I think that they can. But uh, again, we also both kind of lean Patriots. So, like you know, I would not be surprised. Again, more so than any year that I can remember, it feels wide open. We always have a dominant team. We have a couple teams that we feel like are really clear. Maybe we're underselling the Packers. Maybe they are that team. But um, yeah, uh, I loved. That game we got a couple weeks ago that went overtime where we had the Bucks and the Bills, and I wouldn't mind running that back in uh, in L.A. where we got to see um, Tom Brady somehow, some way, uh, add another ring to the collection, uh, knock off uh, Josh Allen, and continue to own the Bills uh, historically as he always has. So I'm going to go with Bucks. Uh, we want to sleep on the Bucks. I'm just not ready to bury Tom Brady yet. I'm going to wait and uh, be the last guy in the room to do so um, while everyone's been waiting to do that for the last 10 years or so. So Dude, I'm so ready to get this guy out of here, man. You know how many times I've had to break down the, the – you know, I spent a lot of time breaking down the Super Bowl. I'm just sick and tired of writing about this guy, like spending hours on end, you know, writing about Tom Brady. He gives I'm done with it. I'm done shit. With it. Yeah. Connor, I'd give a lot for Patriots Bucks. I mean, you could read oh, that would, the, the content would be crazy. I know, I know. I wanted to say it. I really did. But, I, you know, Connor would yell at me. and It would make my life hard. And I would have to listen to Noonan and our friend Rahul or just diehard <laughs> Patriots stands. And, uh, I, you know, just from every angle, I get too much of it. So, yeah. Yeah, Rahul got mad at me during that game early in the season when I wasn't like rooting for Brady to lose an ACL because he's like, we're Patriots fans. I'm like, well, I mean, like it's Tom Brady, man. Like, you know, he was good before you were, you know, alive. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So yeah, uh, yeah. Pat's bucks would be amazing. But uh, again, it's wide open and this makes it really fun to talk about a handicap more so than any year where it felt like the chiefs were inevitable to some degree. And maybe they are again. Maybe that's the team we're shorting because none of us said the Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes is like, I do this every year. Um, I'm the new Tom Brady. Uh, so we'll see. But I feel like it's wide open and that makes it a lot of fun. So, uh, Mr. Randall, I appreciate your time as always. Uh, folks, again, in the show notes here, 444.com slash plans. Find out how to get a betting sub. We're rolling it over. Our betting sub is new. Um, Connor and I are banging on the doors of the higher ups because uh, we were just a football site for a very, very long time. So when a subscription used to expire at the end of February, it didn't bother anybody because there was no football to talk about. But now we do NBA, we do golf, and a subscription ending in uh, on March 1st is problematic. So uh, starting on the 15th, you're going to be able to get your subscription for the rest of the 2022 season. Uh, right now, it's very much discounted. Um, 
you could do so, but we recommend you hold it off for a couple of days. Take advantage of that one. That's going to be able to get you through the rest of the season uh, up until this time next year. And by then, we'll, we'll have created a system where you will have a rolling annual subscription uh, because we are no longer just a football site. We are a, uh, a site that handles lots of sports. So, uh, again, find all those details in the show notes, access all of our tools, all that stuff, including uh, Mike Randall's NBA winners on the prop side. So uh, Connor and I will be back on Friday to do the prop show, and we'll be back in the space next Wednesday to talk about more wild cards. So for Mike and Connor, I'm Ryan. We'll see you all soon. Thanks, everyone.